Well, good morning. If you have a Bible, please turn to the book of Romans, chapter 1. Book of Romans, chapter 1, and I will uh, forewarn you, uh, we're not going to be here long in Romans 1. Uh, As we've done the last few weeks, we will be uh, looking at quite a few verses this morning. We are going to hit them fairly quickly, so we will put all of the verses on the screen for you this morning. Even this Romans verse, not yet, but in just a bit, we'll throw it up there for you. So you're welcome to try to find the verses in your Bible quickly, or you can just look up here at the screen. Romans chapter 1, and we'll start reading in a few minutes here in verse 9. Let's go ahead and pray. Well, Father, we just look to you again now in prayer. We trust, Father, that when we do come in the name of Jesus, that we come in all of the authority and the perfection of Jesus Christ, our prayers are not heard ultimately because of any merit in us or goodness in us. Our prayers are ultimately heard because of Jesus because of his perfect sacrifice on the cross, his perfect life, death, and resurrection. And Father, when we come to you in faith in Christ, we come to you, Father, in the name of Christ, we have a free and full access to your throne of grace at any time, night or day. Lord, your throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So, Father, we just even pause right now, and in the name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the perfection of Jesus, we approach you now and ask that you would bless us as we open your word. We pray, Father, for the gift of your spirit in this room. Father, we acknowledge that if you were to leave us to ourselves here, we would get absolutely nothing out of the Bible. Father, this Bible, this book was breathed out by you. It is a spiritual book. It can only be interpreted by the Spirit of God. And so we just ask for that gift of the Spirit. You would enlighten our hearts, illumine our hearts, Lord, so that we might understand your word. Father, we know whenever there's an understanding that is birthed by you in our hearts, then that understanding, Father, it, it also comes with a power to obey that which we read. So, Father, we just ask you for that, that we wouldn't just know in mind only hear what you're saying to us in the Word, but, Father, we would also hear the Word this morning in power, and, Lord, we would receive it in power and find the power to do what you command us to do here in your Word. We need you, Lord God. We need you. We thank you, Father, that in Christ you've heard these prayers and that you will answer them according to your good pleasure. We offer all these prayers to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. A few weeks back now, I uh, started a sermon series on the subject of prayer. If you're new to to us here in this Christ Redeemer Church family, we typically preach through books of the Bible. I just finished the book of Luke. Thomas is now in the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you're wanting to know, I will soon be starting the book of 2 Maccabees. I'm kidding. That's a joke. 
I will be starting the book of Nehemiah in just a few weeks, and I'm really looking forward to that. But for now, we're tracking here just through kind of a a, uh, topical sermon on the subject of prayer, and we're looking at prayer for a few weeks simply because prayer is one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. Prayer is just so important for believers who trust in and follow Christ in faith. All over the Bible, God tells believers to pray. Pray. And through our prayers, God does some amazing things. For starters, God strengthen us, strengthens us through our prayers. The, the Christian who prays consistently will just, by and large, be much healthier than the Christian who prays rarely. The Christian who is consistent in prayer will just be filled with more of the Holy Spirit and producing more of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We'll be guided more by the Spirit, empowered more by the Spirit. Um, God strengthens us through prayer. But, but you know, God also does things in this world through the prayers of His people. Now listen, God doesn't need any of our prayers in order to do anything on this planet. God could do anything He wants without any of our prayers whatsoever. But God has sovereignly ordained, God has sovereignly decreed that He would work through the prayers of his people on this earth to accomplish his eternal plan. Before the foundation of the world, God sovereignly ordained all that he would ultimately accomplish in this world, but God also sovereignly ordained that he would ultimately accomplish those things through the prayers of his people. God ordained both the means and the ends. God ordained the ends. He ordained all that he would ultimately accomplish on this earth, but God also ordained the means. He ordained um, that he would accomplish those ends. He'd ultimately bring his eternal plan on this earth to pass through the prayers of his people. And when God now wants to accomplish something on this earth, he stirs up his people to pray. And God then works through those prayers to accomplish that which he has sovereignly ordained to do from before the foundation of the earth. God works through the prayers of his people. And man, we then, through prayer, we have this incredible privilege. We, we have this joy of playing a very important role in the carrying out of God's eternal plan on this earth. God accomplishes the eternal plan on this earth through the prayers of his people. So God doesn't just strengthen us through prayer. No, God also accomplishes his eternal plan through the prayers of his people. Stirs us up to pray, and he works through those prayers to accomplish that which he has decreed to do. Prayer is simply one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. We don't pray as believers in order to be loved by God or in order to be accepted. 
by God. No, the only reason we are loved or accepted by God is simply Jesus Christ. He lived, he died, he rose again for sinners. And the second you turn from your sin and you trust in Christ and begin to follow Christ in faith, you are eternally loved by God. You are, you are infinitely accepted by God. And his love for you, his acceptance of you will never ever change. You don't pray as a Christian in order to be loved or in order to be accepted by God. No, you pray because you already are loved, because you already are accepted by God, and because God, your Father, who now loves and accepts you perfectly, He asks you to pray. And because God, who loves you, asks you as His child to pray, therefore you pray, and God strengthens you through prayer, and God accomplishes His will through your prayer. And in this sermon series on prayer here, we've looked at prayer now from several different angles. And we started last Sunday thinking about when we should pray. If, if God wants us to pray as believers, when should we pray? I believe God says a couple things to us in the Bible about when we should pray. We started looking at it last Sunday. When should we pray as believers? We should first of all pray, I believe, at set times. And that's what we looked at last Sunday. We see a very clear pattern in the Bible. God's people all through history have blocked out set times on a daily basis when they would push away the distractions of their lives and they would give themselves for a, a, a set time uh, for concentrated, focused prayer. We, we even see Jesus doing that all over the scriptures. He would withdraw for a time by himself, push away the distractions of the world, and he would give himself then for this set time of focused, concentrated prayer. And if Jesus, the eternal son of God, needed to do that in his life, how much more do we as Christians need those set times of focused, concentrated prayer? We looked at that last Sunday. Now here this morning, we're going to look at a second time when we should pray as believers. We, we shouldn't just pray at set times as believers, just once or twice a day for focused prayer. No, God also instructs us in the Bible to pray at all times, to pray all day long, just, just praying on the fly as you go through your day, praying as, as, as people come to your, your mind or, or as needs arise. And, and as you pray throughout the day, maybe it's not a focused, concentrated prayer, but more of maybe a multitasking type of prayer. You, you pray while you're driving. You pray in your office at work. You, you pray as you're walking down the street. You, you, you pray when, when somebody comes to your mind, just lifting up prayers to God throughout the day. And we're going to think here this morning about this all times type of prayer, a, a constant or unceasing type of prayer throughout the day. The Apostle Paul in the Bible, he, he mentions a, a constant or an unceasing type of prayer. Paul mentions it some 13 different times. Paul talks about his own prayer life in those terms, a, a constant, unceasing type of prayer. And Paul also encourages other believers 
to pray in the same manner. Now, now Paul, in those 13 instances where he talks about this unceasing, constant type of prayer, he never really uses the same wording. He uses all different kinds of wording, but he talks about this constant type of prayer 13 different times. And we'll look at a few verses here. We'll look first here at how Paul described his own prayer life. And I just want you to catch as we run through these verses, just these words of constant, all the time, night and day, without ceasing, as, as Paul talks about his own prayer life. And then we'll look in a second at how Paul encourages other believers to pray in the same manner. So we'll look first here at Romans 1.9. Paul speaking to believers in Rome, he says, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son. God is my witness that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. And just catch the wording there, without ceasing, Paul says, I mention you always in my prayers. Paul says similar types of things in just about all of the letters he wrote uh, in the New Testament. Here's 1 Corinthians 1.4. Paul says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. And just catch Paul's statement there and how he says it. I am always giving thanks to God for you. And the implication there is that Paul was giving thanks always for these people in prayer. And we see the same type of thing in Ephesians 1.16. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Colossians 1.9, he says, we have not ceased to pray for you. 1 Thessalonians 1.2, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as, it, what, as what it really is, the word of God. If In 1 Thessalonians 3.10, Paul says, as we pray most earnestly night and day. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, Paul says, to this end, we always pray for you. 2 Timothy 1.3, I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. So you just hear that language just coming out of the Apostle Paul, talking about prayer all these different times, and, and always attaching these types of words to, 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 to in the way he described his own prayer life. We, we, we pray always. We, we thank God always. We thank God night and, and day. We, we pray without ceasing. But Paul also encouraged other believers to pray in the same manner. Here's Colossians 4.2. Now just picture Paul saying these things to you. He just described his own prayers. He says these to you. Paul says to the believers here in Colossae, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with 
thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, Paul says, praying without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18, Paul says to the believers in Ephesus, pray or praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then Romans 12.12, Paul says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. So man, 13 different times from the Apostle Paul, either talking about himself or, or urging other believers, and he talks about this constant, unceasing type of Prayer, pray at all times, constantly, steadfastly, night and day. Pray without ceasing. And just pause there for a second. It's pretty crazy that, 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 that Paul would, would talk 13 different times about praying constantly. And yet many believers around the world rarely pray at all. At all. At all. It is just not right. If you are a believer this morning, you do trust in Christ and faith, that's just not right. It's just not right. Man, we desperately need God to help us in this area of prayer. We need God to help us to pray constantly, to pray without ceasing, whatever Paul might mean by that? And, and that is a question that comes up here. What does Paul mean? It's an important question because if you are a believer here this morning, you do, you do trust in Christ, then this constant, unceasing type of prayer that Paul talks about, well, that, that is something that God, your heavenly Father, really, really, really wants you to do in your Christian life. God, God, God didn't put these things in the Bible 13 different times so that we would just hear them and walk away. Oh, wow, Paul's talking about unceasing prayer again. How cute that Paul already always talked about that. No, God doesn't want any of his children to be hearers only of the Word of God. He wants us to be hearers and doers of the Word. God put those things in the Bible some 13 different times so that you and I would aim to do that. To pray constantly or to pray without ceasing. So, that is an important question. What does that mean exactly? To pray constantly or to pray without ceasing in your life. You know, I've, I've heard some Christians say that when, when Paul talks there about this constant, un, unceasing prayer, well, well, Paul really just meant that you should remain in a constant attitude of prayer all day long. And, and I don't have a problem with people saying that, and it, it sounds great, I'll just remain in a constant attitude of prayer, but I would ask you, what does that mean exactly? What does that mean for you to be in a constant attitude of prayer when you're playing an intense soccer game? 
What does that mean for you to be in a constant attitude of prayer when you're working on some complex problem at work, your mind just absorbed with it? And again, I, I don't mind the language, but let, let's, let's, let's um, define what we mean by that then. If, if Paul means that we're just supposed to be in a constant attitude of, of prayer, what does that mean? That you're just supposed to be ready to pray at all times? Or you, you're just supposed to be in some sort of prayerful mindset or prayerful frame of mind at all times and i think the problem that i have with that is is kind of saying that what paul means there is just being a constant attitude of prayer i i I think the problem there is that a lot of believers i think who, who say that unceasing prayer simply means you remain in some sort of constant attitude of prayer i think that actually ends up meaning very very little in their daily lives it ends up meaning very very little on a daily basis Uh, they don't actually end up praying all that much more they don't actually offer up any more real concrete prayers to God, that they might occasionally talk about this sort of fuzzy idea of having a constant attitude of, of, of prayer, but then remain relatively prayerless. And I know that because I did that for years. Well, Paul's just talking about having a constant attitude of prayer, and it did absolutely nothing in my daily life. It didn't increase my prayer life really whatsoever. And I think probably a lot of people do that. I think we need to be careful with that idea of unceasing prayer simply being some sort of constant attitude of prayer. Because here's the thing, in those 13 different verses that we just looked at, Paul never talked once there about having just some sort of constant unceasing attitude of prayer. No, Paul talked every single time about constant unceasing prayer. Not an attitude of prayer, but prayer. Constant, unceasing prayer. Not, not just that you would be ready at all times to pray or just have some sort of prayerful frame of mind as you go through the day. No, Paul was talking there about offering up real, concrete prayers in some sort of constant or unceasing manner. Colossians 4, 2, continue steadfastly in prayer. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, pray at all times. Romans 12, 12, be constant in prayer. Not just some sort of constant attitude, but constant prayer itself. And man, if that's the case, if I'm really supposed to be praying somehow all day long, what in the world does that look like? My word, I think that's one of the reasons we think, well, it's just an attitude of prayer because we don't know what that looks like. So he must have just meant you have some sort of attitude of prayer. What does that mean to actually pray without ceasing or constantly in your life? I'm supposed to mumble prayers under my breath 24-7. You go in to see your boss at work and you just mutter under your breath while you're sitting in front of your boss. You kids ask you for ice cream and you just respond with... Oh, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you're just praying constantly. I don't think that's what Paul was saying there. Uh, I think Paul, when he talks about this unceasing, constant prayer, I, I think Paul was probably simply telling us there that we should aim to pray as believers 
frequently, all through the day, regularly, consistently, just offering up short little prayers as, as we drive or as we work or before we discipline the children, uh, praying frequently through the day and night when, in the night when you're awake. And your prayer life then, as a believer, if you're doing this, your, your prayer life might look something like this. You have, a, you have a, 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 some sort of set or scheduled prayer time every day, a time, a time or times, multiple times, when you push everything else aside and, and you give yourself to focused, concentrated prayer, not just reading the Bible, but focused, concentrated prayer. But then you also aim to pray as you go through the day, maybe not focus concentrated as you go through the day, a multitasking type of prayer, maybe, but an ongoing prayer through the day. Someone comes to mind during the day, your spouse, or your, your unbelieving neighbor, or, or a co-worker who's in the, the hospital maybe, and you just pause, and you quickly lift that person up to the Lord in prayer. Or, you know, you're, you're in a coffee shop with a friend, and your, your friend mentions to you some very painful trial in her life, and you don't then do the typical Christian thing and say, oh man, I'll pray for you, and walk away and never pray for the person. You don't do that. No, you, you actually pray for the person. Maybe right there, sitting in the coffee shop, you hear the trial, let me pray for you. Man, I've started doing that a lot more in my life because I had a tendency to say, hey, I'll pray for you, and then I'd never do it. So now I'll just stop and say, hey, let me pray for you right now. And just pray, sitting there in the coffee shop. Or lifting your own needs to God as you go through the day. Some task at work. You just offer that up. Lord, help me here. Help me to be patient with my kids. Lord, keep me from sin right now with my kids. (laughs) Protect us, Lord, as we drive. Or man, maybe you're just talking to your heavenly Father as you go through your day. I mean, you're just thanking Him for a sunset. See a beautiful sunset, sunrise, and that just takes you, Lord, thank you for that. Or you're just praising Him. You think all of a sudden of the mercy that He's shown you in Christ. Man, you just praise Him for it. Thank you. For that mercy, Lord God. Or you confess a sin to him when you commit it. Being quick to, yes, Father, I see that. Please forgive me. Thank you for Christ who was punished for all my sins. And listen, if you committed that sin against another person, it's not just going to God and confessing, but it's going to that person. You please forgive me. I sinned against you. Man, there's all kinds of ways that you can pray through the day with this frequent kind of consistent type of prayer. Paul Miller, I've mentioned his book, A Praying Life. Great book. I think if you get one book that I've mentioned over the last few weeks, I might encourage you to get that one or maybe Ole Halsby's book. But man, Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life, just fantastic. And Paul Miller talks in, in, in the Bible about um, uh, he talks in the Bible about this, this continuous, unceasing type of prayer. And he says, you really just need to learn to bend your heart 
to your Father more and more as you go through the day. Just learning to have this running type of fellowship or communion with God. When you have a a genuine faith in Christ, man, you are a child of God. And God loves you infinitely. And God, man, He loves to have deep, deep fellowship with you. He loves when you bring your needs to Him. He loves when you bring other people's needs to Him. And God loves to answer those prayers when we, when we go to Him. Just learning to bend your heart to your Father all day long. And I, I really think that's probably the type of stuff that the Apostle Paul was, was doing. Now, I think Paul would probably just all of a sudden think about believers living in some area and he'd quickly lift them up in prayer. He'd thank God for their faith or he'd ask God to to give these believers perseverance in their faith. I, I think Paul probably praised God as he went through the day, gave thanks to God, confessed sin to God, confessed his fears to God, confessed his anxieties to God. I think Paul, before he walked into the synagogue to be stoned, probably prayed for boldness to go in and preach the name of Christ, just bending his heart all day long to his Father. I think that was Paul's unceasing, constant prayer, just constantly, frequently, consistently turning to the Father in prayer. And I think God wants every believer here to learn how to pray in that same type of manner. And man, if you do, if you want to begin to pray continuously, constantly, without ceasing, I would encourage you just maybe start by simply paying attention to the people that come to your mind during the day. You know, there, there's a reason that you think about certain people every day. And, and I think many times the Holy Spirit has dropped those names into believers' hearts so that those believers would pray for those people. And the Holy Spirit is dropping those names into our hearts and minds and stirring us up to pray for those people because the Holy Spirit is planning to do something in those people's lives. Do you realize a name comes to your mind and you start praying for those people? You could step back and say, why am I praying for that person right now? Oh, I think God dropped that name into my heart and mind. Because God has, God has ordained to do something here. And that's why I'm praying. Man, a co-worker is all of a sudden telling you about his marriage problems. Are you thinking that co-worker comes to your mind? This co-worker, marriage problems. You just lift that co-worker up to God. Just pray for grace in that person's life. Pay attention, man, to the people that come to your mind. Just start lifting them up quickly to God. Pay attention to the situations that come your way in this life. You, I mean, you, 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 you sit down on an airplane and the, the woman gets on next to you and just starts weeping quietly beside you. Why are you sitting next to this woman? You drive down the highway and you pass this massive car wreck on the side of the road. Why did you drive by that car wreck right at that time of day? 
You hear somebody telling you something at work, this situation, these situations just coming your way. And I think if we will all just begin to pay attention to those things a little bit more, believing that the Holy Spirit interacts with us on a regular minute-by-minute basis, and we will pay attention to the people who come to mind, to the situations that come our way, and if we'll begin to just quickly lift those things up to the Father, we'll slowly be praying more and more and more in our Christian lives. Man, it, it, it doesn't, they don't have to be long prayers. You know, help this woman, Father, sitting next to me here on the plane. She clearly needs your grace. Please cause her to lean on you for help. Or just thank you for, for the sun today, Father. I know Minnesota could be snowing four feet today, even though it's just October. Thank you, Lord, for the sun. Thank you for your mercy, Father. Or just a quick help me, Lord. Help me in this situation, Father. Would you just pray for the people in the car wreck? It's one thing I just noticed about my wife so quickly before we got married. She will pray for the people in any car wreck she sees. And I used to think it was silly. And then I started thinking, no, wait a minute. I think she's probably on to something here. And man, just pray for those people in that car wreck very quickly. Just lift them up. God, cause them to cry out to you right now. They can be short, little prayers. Some people might call them bullet prayers or, or, or breath prayers because they can be spoken in a single breath. There's an instance in the book of Nehemiah which we'll look at here um, in a few weeks. The king one day asked Nehemiah why he was so sad. And Nehemiah 2.4 says that Nehemiah then prayed to the God of heaven and answered the king. (laughs) And I don't suspect that Nehemiah said, hang on king, I got to go have a set prayer time in my prayer closet. I'll answer you in an hour. And he went off and prayed and came back. No, I guarantee with Nehemiah that was a breath prayer, a bullet prayer. Oh, Father God, help me right now. Give me favor with the king. He answered the king. And the king gave him favor. And as we learn to simply bend our hearts to the Father more consistently each day, frequently lifting up these simple types of prayer, all of a sudden we're beginning to pray more constantly, more steadfastly. Praying without ceasing as we go through the day. And God will use those prayers. It's easy to think, oh, those prayers mean nothing. I'm doing this out of sheer duty or discipline. But when God stirs your heart to pray, even a breath prayer, like in the book of Nehemiah, God is planning to answer that prayer. He's planning to do something through that prayer. And the simplest, shortest prayer, prayed in the name of Jesus, prayed in the authority of Jesus Christ, it enters that throne room and God the Father hears it and answers it. And listen, you know when it comes to this uh, constant, unceasing type of prayer, when, when it comes to bending your heart to the Father more and more on a daily basis, I, I do think there are a couple of things that can really help you as a child of God. I think there are a couple of very important keys when it comes to constant or unceasing prayer. A couple of things that can cause you to pray more consistently. And those two things 
are helplessness and anxiousness. I think those two things, helplessness and anxiousness, can cause you to pray in a more unceasing manner. We're just going to look at them individually here for just a second. Let's start just with helplessness. Now, we've talked about this a little bit earlier in the prayer series. We want to hear it again here because I think helplessness is huge when it comes to constant, unceasing prayer. One of the primary keys, I believe, when it comes to this type of prayer is a deep sense of your own helplessness. You know, John, or Jesus says in, in John 15, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing, 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 nothing apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. What Jesus is telling you right there is that apart from him, you are totally and completely helpless in your life. And man, if you really believe that, <laughs> if you really believe that in a deep, 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 deep way, that you are helpless apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what that's going to cause you to do on a regular basis. You're going to pray. You're going to pray for help. You're going to be asking Jesus. You'll be asking your Father for help on an ongoing, regular basis. You'll look at a math equation at work and say, help me, Jesus, with this. You'll look at a problem with your kids and say, help us, Jesus, with our kids. You'll look at a car ride across the state and you'll say, help us, Jesus. Apart from you, this is all going to be a mess. You begin to pray when you really, really believe deeply that you are helpless in your life apart from Christ. But listen, man, when, when Christians, when they, when they don't pray all that much in their lives, you know, when, when believers pray maybe just once a day or, or they just pray when they sit down for a meal or something, you know, that is almost always an indication that, that those believers do not yet possess a deep sense of their own helplessness. Deep in their hearts, they still believe that they can do lots and lots of things in this life without God's help. They might feel like they need help with some of the major things in life, an illness or something like that. They'll pray for those things, but on a daily basis, they just don't need that much help. So why would we pray and ask God for help? help. If you as a believer right now are not asking for God's help all that much in prayer, that is probably an indication that deep in your heart, you don't really feel like you need that much help from God. You don't yet have a deep sense of your own helplessness. And I do I do personally believe, I mentioned this before, I do personally believe that that's one of the reasons why our church has been somewhat weak in prayer. You know, I'm sure some of you have had a very rich prayer life, but I think many Christians in our church family have been pretty weak in prayer. And I think one of the reasons is that we don't yet have that deep, 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 deep sense of helplessness. We still think we can do lots and lots of things apart from God's help. We can manage our jobs fine at work. 
We can manage our homes for the most part. We can make disciples even to a large degree. Just do the right things and it'll happen. We don't sense this deep down need that we need God's help for everything we do. And that lack of helplessness will keep you from praying. You won't pray in an unceasing, constant manner until you have a growing sense of your own helplessness. And once you begin to feel that, you will begin to cry out to God more regularly, looking to Him for help. Help me, help me, Jesus, with this task at work. Help me, Jesus, to live with integrity today at work. Help me, Jesus, as I drive here. Help me, Jesus, in my home. Please keep me, Jesus, from covetousness in the mall right now. Keep me from greed here in the mall. Please, please, Jesus, keep me from sexual immorality right now here in the mall. You know why you don't pray that more often? It's because you think you can keep yourself from it in the mall. You don't yet recognize that we can't do anything apart from the Lord Jesus. Help me, Jesus, when I look at Facebook, not to think the wrong thoughts about people on there, which we've all done. <laughs> help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Listen, Christians who are mature, Christians who are mature believers, they pray more constantly than immature believers. Mature believers pray more constantly. They pray in more of an unceasing manner than immature believers do. But why do mature believers pray more than immature believers? Mature believers do not pray more constantly because they're just stronger at heart. Because they just have more willpower and more self-control. And they'll just pull themselves up by the bootstraps and pray more often than immature believers. No, mature believers pray more often than immature believers because mature believers understand, recognize their helplessness more and more. More than immature believers do. When you first come into the kingdom of God, you know you need Jesus to save you, but you don't yet know that you need Jesus to do every single thing you do from there on out in your life. So many, many times, immature believers do not pray that much, but as you go in the Christian life and God begins to drop that deeper and deeper in your heart, your own helplessness, you begin to cry out in prayer more often, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. You're not praying more because you're disciplined. You're praying more because you sense your own helplessness. Apart from the Lord Jesus and that helplessness flows out of you in a constant type of prayer. Paul Miller says this. He says, a praying life isn't simply a morning prayer time. A praying life is about slipping into prayer at odd hours of the day, not because we are disciplined but because we are in touch with our own poverty of spirit. Realizing 
that we can't even walk through a mall or our own neighborhood without the help of the Spirit of Jesus. Listen, you don't need a lot of self-discipline to pray continuously. You need a deep sense of your poverty of spirit apart from Jesus. So listen, if you do want to pray more constantly in a more unceasing manner in your Christian life, ask God to show you your total and complete helplessness. And when you see that, to a greater degree, you will, you will pray much more frequently. I do think that's one of the keys to a constant, unceasing type of prayer, helplessness. I think, I think that was Paul's key. I, th- I think Paul just sensed his own helplessness apart from Christ. And he just prayed constantly, help, 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 help. It's a huge key, I think, is this helplessness. A second, a second key to constant prayer, I believe, a second thing that can cause you to, to pray more regularly in your Christian life is anxiousness. You know, on two different occasions in the Bible, we see this very clear connection between anxiousness and prayer. Here's the first. This is Philippians 4.6. If you go ahead and put that on the screen. This is Philippians 4.6. Just catch the connection between anxiousness and prayer. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And you can see there this direct link between anxiousness and prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, God says, but in everything, in everything that makes you anxious, I believe, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Whenever, and I think the translation, I think the simple message there, whenever you're experiencing anxiousness in your life, in any form, and there are all kinds of forms of anxiousness, anxiety, care, worry, fear, Concern, stress, high blood pressure, sleeplessness. (laughs) You could go on and on, all these forms of anxiousness that we all experience from time to time. And God is saying, bring that thing that's causing you to be anxious, whatever it might be, to me in prayer. Let your requests be made known to me, Paul says. And man, look at what Paul then says there, verse 7. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will then guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. God will give you peace, a peace that passes 
understanding a piece that doesn't make sense. <laughs> According to your natural mind, you should still be freaked out about the thing. You should still be restless, sleepless at night and, and fearful, concerned over the thing. But somehow now, after offering it up to God, and maybe you have to offer it up multiple times, keep offering it up over and over and over again. But over time, the promise there is that this peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Somehow, there will be peace in your heart. So man, that's one place where we can see this direct link between anxiousness and prayer. We see another one, I believe, in 1 Peter 5.5. Peter says here, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And once again, I think we can see there this link between anxiousness and prayer. Peter says there in verse 7 that you should cast all of your anxieties, or it could also be translated as cast your cares or your worries on God. Now, Peter doesn't say there exactly how we are supposed to cast our anxieties on God, but it makes sense that Peter would be thinking about prayer there. Paul talked about casting your anxiousness on God in prayer back in Philippians. I think Peter's probably thinking of the same thing right here. Cast your anxieties or cares or worries or fears or concerns on God in prayer. And just leave that verse up for Second, we'll come back to it. So we see twice there, both in Philippians 4, 1 Peter 5, this direct connection between anxiousness and prayer, and God is telling us something right there. I think God is saying this to us. I think he's telling us there that any form of anxiousness in your life as a believer at any time, anxiety, worry, apprehension, Stress, sleeplessness, fear, concern. I think the scriptures are saying, I think God is saying to us that that anxiousness in your life is a signal for you to pray. It's a signal. You should just hear a bell go off when you feel it. You feel it in your heart. You're awake at night. I was awake at 3 a.m. a couple days ago thinking about something. The bell was going off. You're anxious. You're worried. You're concerned. That's a signal to pray right there. I think right then and there we could just consider that in that anxiousness, God is giving us a direct invitation to pray Whatever that thing is that you're anxious about, child, I think God would say to us, give it to me right now. Cast it to me right now. Father, help me. Help me with my children. Father, help me with this thing at work. Father, help me with my financial problem. Father, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Father, help me. Cast it on him. Cast it on him. Cast it on him. Maybe multiple times you're casting it on him. But listen, that anxiousness, I believe, should be a signal to all of us. Time to pray. Time to pray. Time to pray. Time to pray. 
Ol Halsby in his book, he says that when you feel anxiousness in your life, Jesus is right then knocking on the door of your heart, saying, let me in to that need. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me right now. Man, anxiousness in our lives is a time for us to pray. Man, you're anxious about a test or a meeting at work. You're anxious about a financial problem. You're anxious about your marriage. You're anxious about your children. Whatever it is, that is a signal. Offer that up to God. And listen, man, I'll tell you what. As human beings, we are anxious about so many things. We just are. I think we don't recognize it a lot because we're so used to it. You just say, hey, man, anxiousness, fear, worry, concern is just a part of life. And we just deal with it. And we try to do whatever we can to get rid of it. We try to calm our anxiousness by by watching TV or sleeping or something like that. Or we try to remove our anxiousness through 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 I don't know substance abuse or or or, or antidepressants or something. And there's nothing wrong with doing certain things to 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 help alleviate some anxiousness. But I think God shows us in the Word the primary thing that we should do when we're experiencing anxiousness, and that is pray. And so many Christians do so many different things to get rid of anxiousness and never, ever pray. And God, God would say, pray, lift it, lift it up to me. Why should you do it? Right there, verse 7. Cast your anxieties on God because He cares for you. He loves you, Christian. He loves you, wants to care for you. And I think Peter is saying there, let him care for you. Stop trying to care for yourself. Stop trying to manage your own life. And let your father care for you and manage your own life. And man, you know what that takes to to cast your cares on God? And trust Him to care for you? You know what it takes to stop trying to care for yourself? It takes humility. And you can see it in those verses. Peter says, humble yourselves. Casting your anxieties on God. Or humble yourselves by casting your anxieties on God. In order to pray when you're anxious, it takes humility. It takes humility. And if you're going to care for yourself and not cast it on the Lord, it's pride. And Peter says there, God will oppose you. You weren't meant to care for yourself. You were meant to trust God to care for you. Humble yourself. Cast your cares on Him any time you're feeling that anxiousness in your heart. So man, when do we pray? (laughs) I think it's set times. But God also wants us to pray constantly without ceasing. Think about the people who come to your mind. Lift them up. The situation, lift them up in prayer. Short prayers. Let your helplessness drive you to God in prayer. Help me, Father. And man, let your anxiousness on a daily basis tip you off to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We just ask for your help in this area. Oh, Lord God, it's, it's difficult to look at these things and, uh, man, praying without ceasing. 
praying constantly. Lord, we need so much help from you. And Lord, I just ask now in the name of Jesus, you would do a work in our hearts, a deep, deep, deep work. And Father, you would bring us to that humble place, Lord, of looking to you regularly. Father, I pray whatever it has been that has kept us from praying more throughout the day, you would would bring it to the light, and Father, you would remove it. And Lord, you begin to stir us up to pray, to pray without ceasing, to pray constantly. We trust, Father, that through those prayers, you will strengthen us. You will do amazing things around us on a daily basis. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.